We are now in part number three of our series entitled Building Legacy. As we said at the onset of every one of these particular messages, uh, legacy has to do with what you leave behind, what you want to be remembered as, so that when that day comes, if you were, when you pass, you know, the, the idea is what do you want it to be said about you? How would people remember you? And so we've been talking about legacy and, and really wanting to bring about a shift in the paradigm in, in which and how we address these issues of our common day. Um, and so and we, week one, we talked about the importance of leaving a legacy of integrity. Uh, we have said in that particular message that our generation is void, it seems, of truth and that, that, um, that, that the spirit of integrity is needed. Uh, we need to be a people of integrity because people need to know that when Christian people speak, that is true. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Our credibility and everything is on our ability to walk in integrity. Our presentation of the gospel is affected by our character. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? And then we went on last week. We talked about leaving a legacy of forgiveness. I understand that. It's not always easy what many of us have had to experience, but when we look at life through God's eyes and we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to use us, he will enable us to be able to forgive in the most horrendous, most difficult of situation. Because we understand that the gospel message, Jesus came and he preached a message of forgiveness. And one of the ways that we are able to Forgive others is that we realize the scale and the scope of how God has forgiven us. And when we begin to meditate and see and, and, and the full manifestation of what God did for us, how many know it ought to compel you and me to forgive other people? And so today I want to talk about this thing called love, legacy of love. I want to reference something this morning because I think it's applicable to where we live. I think our message, the message of the gospel is always the same, but it's applied in different ways and articulated according to the generation to which it's in. I understand that in our nation, there seems to be, uh, a, a, at least in our society, a, a, a sense of, of embracing uh, uh, the spirit and uh, the spirit of hate and disdain for other people who don't necessarily agree with us or people who don't see things the way we see it. Uh, I like to say that we live in a, a society of, uh, of factions and divisions, and, you know, and that's no more uh, uh, noticed than in our politics. Um, and I say politics because it's where everybody lives. If you turn the news, that's all people talk about. And I, and I marvel at times, and, I, and, and, because, and I'm marveling not so much of the world, because how many know the world is going to be the world? You can't, you, you know what I'm saying? People are going to be, until they're changed with the gospel of Christ, we expect the people to act like sinners. But what bothers me then is the church, when it get caught up in all the hoopla. Um, you know, and I was listening the other day, man, and, and I see sometimes when people, you know, you ever know, I call them Facebook Christians. Do you ever notice that there, a lot of people preach on Facebook? 
<laughs> you know, they say things on Facebook, but then you flip right back around, then they're cussing in the next couple of posts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're saying some stuff that don't represent God at all. all See, that's why I'm very careful. That's what bothers me about Facebook. So everybody want to be a preacher on Facebook and tell somebody to take them off. Then I see people, I saw, I was watching that day and I was listening, people were uh, Christians, you know, that talking about Jesus one day, but then cussing next day about the president of the United States, how much they hate him. Oh, I hate the president. Oh, I hear people that, you know, uh, people this party or that party, and I hate this, you know, this party of folk going to go to hell, and, and man, I hate Democrats. I hate Republicans. I hate. And it seems to be that then when you look at the media on TV, they even promote this kind of division that has really dominated our society. And no other time in my time on earth, and I know we had the Civil War way before any of us were here, but in my time, I haven't seen the nation more divided in its ideology than since I've been on the planet. I just have not seen that. And, 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 and but, what, but what gets me is that, that I'm starting to realize something because what I've learned sometimes is God will put you in certain situations so that you can understand, not that he can understand, because how many know God already know who you are? But sometimes you don't, we don't know who we are. And, I, and God has a way of putting us in situations so that we can come to a realization that, you know what, I got some issues. I have discovered, church, in some ways, people love their political affiliation more than they love the God that called them. And nobody want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about this. Because, because see, 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 Christians are supposed to be a remedy to the problem, but we've become a part of the problem. We, too, figure out which factions of people or divisions and uh, what group and we want to search. I'm with this group and I'm with that group and, and I'm with this and I'm with that and I don't like. But, but can I say something that will make you crazy this morning? You see, as a Christian, watch this. You are not allowed to hate. You know, football is a sport that we all love. We got this thing on the football field, and they got them in every sport, but I'm going to reference football because it's football season. We have, this, we have these people that wear these striped uniforms on the football field. You know who they are? They, they look like little zebras. They're called referees. We depend on these referees, right, to, to, to be unbiased, to, to, to enforce the rules as it's written. And, 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 so, and so when... We don't want to hear a referee on TV talking about how much he loved the Redskins. You follow me? Right before he's getting ready to referee a Redskins game. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because we want to see that person totally and completely unbiased. They're supposed to enforce the rule. They're not supposed to get caught up in the emotion. They're not supposed to be taking sides. They're not, suppo they're not supposed to get all upset, frustrated, mad, and, and start getting becoming... No, they're not supposed to be that way. The referees are supposed to be objective to make sure that everybody is playing by the rules. See, Christians ought to make sure that everybody is playing by the rules. How many know that these are the rules? This is the rules. So our job as Christians is to be referees. But what I'm saying is, Christians, we're not referees. We are thus taking sides. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We are taking sides, thereby 
our, our ability to be able to change anything is greatly compromised because we have been caught up. And, and, and we've been caught up in having to know that we've been called out. So Christians then have forgotten their mission. See, I like, I like, one of the things I like about Foundation Church, can I just say this? I think we tell the truth here. I really do. I, I really believe that. And, and, I, and I say that in a way that's not prideful because I, I, I understand that, that everything, that some, you know, there are some people that quote the Bible, talk about the Bible. Then there's some really, there are some folks out there that still do believe in the Bible. Y'all didn't hear what I'm saying. Not everybody really believe in this book. Trust me. There are a lot of churches that are not preaching the book. They're preaching stuff. They're preaching elements of the book. Come on. But how many know that we are not allowed to, watch this, you can't hate gays. You can't hate homosexuals. You can't hate transsexuals. You can't hate adulterers. You can't hate fornicators. You can't hate whoremongers. You can't hate. Period. Now, we hate the sin, but we love the what? Sinner. See? There's a difference. One of the things that, 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 that should, uh, you know, well, let me put, let me put, let me go back. This is the only thing that can fix a society is broken is a manifestation in a realize, a realization of the love of God. It's the only thing that can fix this society. I don't get ahead of myself. Jesus embodied love. You ever heard somebody, this breaks my heart. Every now and then you talk to somebody and they say, man, I have no problem with God. I just have a problem with some of his people. Because somehow I can't see God because I keep seeing you getting in the way and it's a distraction. I can't. Are y'all following what I'm saying, church? Because we're his representatives. And how do we know that we are supposed to embody love? How do we know the mission that we have have been given by God? We're to carry that mission on. Now, watch this. I'm going to talk about a few points here. I'm going to talk about God's love toward us. I'm going to talk about our love toward one another. And then our love toward a broken world. Let's pick the first one, God's love toward us. This is the, most, this is the one I love the most. This is, this, is the, the, um, this is the one that should get you most excited. Uh, Romans 5, verses 7 and 9 says this. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love Toward us in that we had it all right. Ain't it what, that's not what it says. In that while we were still sinners. Oh, oh, is anybody hearing that this morning? Christ died. He, in other words, he didn't wait for you to pull yourself all together. No, 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 no. He said, the Bible said that while you were still sinning, while you were peaking in your sin, at that moment, God died for you. See, this is why you ever hear people, oh, man, I'm going to get to God when I, when I get myself together. How do you know that God specializes and he only saves people that come as they are? Come on. You come as you are. 
You just come. See, he says, why we're yet sinner, Christ died for us. And watch this. And then verse 9, much more than having been justified by his blood. Glory to God. We'll be saved from wrath that is through him. So God demonstrate his love. How many know that God's love is powerful and relentless? God chased me. Now, I remember you've heard me say it before, and I'll keep saying it till I go home. But when God pursued me, I was in a nightclub. And, I never, and, and it wasn't so much about me being in the club. It was my mindset. You follow what I'm saying? I was separated from God. I, my, I was up to, I was dead. And God pursued me. I'm standing in the club thinking I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, I hear the voice of God in my head. You need to get right. How many know that don't just pop up in your head when you're on the dance floor and you had a few? Does anybody know what I'm saying this morning? Don't y'all try to act all holy up in here, everyone. Y'all follow what I'm saying, church? And at that moment, I realized that God was pursuing me. And when did he pursue me, Gene? He pursued me while I was in my stuff. How much more is he going to love me now that I'm his own? Oh, come on, church. He saved me by his grace. In verse Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 5, give you a couple of these. And you, <laughs> point to yourself, that's me. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which, watch this, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Understand, folks, that people who don't know God, they are under the prince of the power of the air, Satan. He's influencing them. And what? guess what? You used to be in the same place. That, watch this, the same spirit. That watch this, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. It's the same spirit that's causing people not to love one another. It's causing people to hate. That's causing people to murder. That's causing people to be immoral. It's the spirit of disobedience. How many know it comes from the enemy, the prince of the power of the air? How many know that before we got saved, we were right there being influenced by the same spirit? How many know it would be a travesty if you know better and you still are following that same spirit? Oh, come on, church. Among whom also, verse 3, we all once, conduct, once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. How many know your lust and your flesh, it don't change. Your lust of your flesh, you just got to beat that back. You hear what I'm saying? You got to starve it. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature Children of wrath, just like everybody else. Look at the neighbor say, but God, come on. But God. Oh, but God. See, whenever you see a but God, that's the time you need to stand up. Because that means that God is about to get an interception. <laughs> Some of you know a football term, but that means, that means God's, but, look at the name and say, but God. but God. He stepped in and he intercepted. He intercepted your life and he changed you. And he sent you to you going one way, but he, God got an interception and took you back. To, oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Took you to the house. He took you to the house. Come on, somebody. You know, you, you're tracking with me this morning. Watch this. But why did he do it? Why? Because how I many know God didn't have to do that? Nisha, God didn't have to save you. He didn't. He didn't. I mean, it's not like God is deficient. He's all sufficient. Oh, come on. Why did he do? Why did God come after me when I was in that club doing my, why did God come after you when you, why, God, can you explain, why? Yeah. 
Why you? Ain't but one answer. Verse number four. But God, who is rich in what? Oh, good God. Rich. That means he's loaded with it. Watch it. Here it is. Because of his great what? Love. Which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved. In other words, you can't earn your way in and you can't keep your way in. You're not that good. He saved you by his grace. If, if, think about it. If while you were in your sin, he came after and saved you, it would be kind of foolish of him to let you go if you don't do it exactly right. Oh, come on. You know you can't lose what he gave you. You follow what I'm saying? By grace, you have been saved. Not by works, lest any man should boast. Did anybody love God? This is why you love him. He, he, look, he saved you, came and got you out of your mess. Then he loves you so much, he don't leave you there. He came and he saved you. Why? Because he just loves you. Ain't no explanation. You know you. you don't, listen, you don't love yourself that much. But because of his great love, wherewith he loved us, he saved us by his grace. But not only that, church, he made us a part of his family. You know, he adopted us. Uh, you know, we, that word adopted sometimes don't get the just due that it should get because how many know that there's sometimes, you know, you ever seen families and, you know, mixed families sometimes when, you know, that a couple are married and they bring in kids. They, you know, one spouse had kids and, and sometimes, and then sometimes, you know, they, they, they decide they want to adopt. And, 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 you know, sometimes the adopted kid, if it's not done right, sometimes the adopted kid don't really feel like they're really part of the family. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, it's a, but, but, but how many know that, that when God adopted us, he made us the real, uh, uh, come on, a part of the family. In other words, God adopted us as his own, as if we were always there from the beginning. You know why? Because he saved you from the foundation of the earth. Before you came on the scene, he all, oh, yeah. See, that's, that's, see, that's called the doctrine of predestination. Some of y'all can't handle that. But just know this, God chose you before you start breathing. <laughs> he just, why? He just did. He, everybody say favor. favor. Come on, say favor. favor. He favored you. Come on, he favored you just because he wanted, I'm favoring you. I like, he favored you and me. Bible says that he adopted us in the family. John, even apostle John says, oh, wait a minute. Hold, in, 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 in 1 John 3, 1, I listen to the words of the apostle John. He says, behold. In other words, behold, he's really saying, guys, pay attention. God, let me, let me, you ever seen somebody get this? But, but hold on, I got, to, I got to tell you something. Whoa, what? This is deep. Behold, what manner of love. Oh, come on, church. Oh, is anybody loving the love of God this morning? He said, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us? Well, what kind of love, Pastor? That we should be called, here it is. Here it is. Children of deity. <laughs> ah, children of the creator. How I many know the Bible, see, everybody, listen, everybody was created by God, but everybody's not a child of God. 
Now, I know some folk get upset about that, but let me put it to you this way. The scripture said to them who believe that he gave the right or the power to become sons and daughters of God. To him who what? Believes. He does that. He brings us into, into the family, firstly. He brings us into the family. So if, you have, if you're one of those who are, how many know, and, and, and see, there are people out there today. They, they, they don't feel a closeness in their family. They're looking for family. They're looking for a sense of um, identity. They're, but how, how many know that, 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 that all they need to do is come and join the family of God? And, and how many know that, that, that God will love you? He'll, he'll love you forever. And, and, and he's a good father. Is anybody, can anybody say God is a good God? He's faithful. He never lets me down. He's always on the, God is my father and I love him. He loves me. And the Bible says nobody can pluck me out of his hand. That's how much he loves me. He adopted me into his family. I got an identity now. You know, uh, when I graduated from college, I didn't have a sense of direction. But, man, God saved me and brought me into the family of God. All of a sudden, brother, sister, I knew, man, I knew I was special. Because I had a family now. Amen. The people of God. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, as a consequence of God doing all that, how many know nothing can separate you now from the love of God? Well, Pastor, you don't know. I've been, I haven't been good all the time. So, who has? Who's been good in here all the time? Let me see a show of hands. Let me be bold. I'm looking. Who's been perfect? Come on. Let me raise your hands so I can slap some oil on you this morning and get you healed up. Have you know, nothing can now separate you from the love of God. In other words, Watch this. The Bible says in Romans 8, 38 and 39. Don't, don't you love this verse? This would be one of your verses, man, that you should like memorize. This is a great verse. Keeping, For I'm persuaded, Paul said, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, I can't do nothing to make God stop loving me. Amen. Come on, you ought to give God a praise clap for that. Come on, come on. Can't do, you can't do anything that will make God stop loving you. Nothing can separate you from his love. Things present, right? Things in the past or things to come, nothing can separate you from God's love. Why? Because his love is forever. His love over you is forever. Now let's talk about our love toward one another. Second point, how we need to love one another. Jesus said this, and we saw it in the video earlier, in John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Everybody say commandment. Oh, here it is. That you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, now, that's deep. Because you got to get that now. See, this is, this is not to be toyed with. Jesus said, because he knew, Jesus knew that people will be tempted to try to complain about what brother so-and-so did, what sister so-and-so did, and they didn't do this right, and they didn't do that right, and I was good to them, and I was nice to them, I blessed them, and they didn't. He says, you love one another, talking about Christians, love one another as I have loved you. So, my standard of loving you is bigger than how you treat me. Oh, y'all get it. Are y'all saying with me this morning? Yeah. Jesus, love one another like I love you. In other words, use me. How do I love you? Well, we just said how he loved us unconditionally. He forgives us. 
He saved us by his grace. He don't hold grudges. He ain't bitter. He ain't, ain't. come on, church. He's faithful. He's good. He said, now you love one another just like I did for you. Now, how many of you are recipients of God's love and grace? Now he's calling you to go back and give it to your brothers and your sisters. The same way. Pastor, he means the same. Oh, wait a minute. Do you love one another as I have loved you? Jesus said this also, that by this all will know that you're my disciples. How would they know that we're disciples, his disciples? If we have love for one another. See, our love for one another is a witness. Watch. I believe sometimes people either get into the kingdom or they don't get into the kingdom based upon how we treat each other. I'll give you an example. When I first got, before I got saved, I was in the, it was in the summer, I believe, of 1985. Some of you weren't even born then. Uh, but it's something about in 1985, I was, I was my freshman, I think my freshman year going into my sophomore year of college, and I ended up staying with my cousin. And um, they were devout Christians. And, uh, and I marveled because I saw them every day, and they never, they were so pleasant. They were so godly. They were so, and I, and I remember asking them, I said, do you guys ever fight? You know, because everything I've ever been around, you know, and I've been around church. I grew up in church. But how many know that church folk ain't always the best example of doing stuff right? Come on. I grew up in church, man, and I was in there, but, and I looked at them, and I'm like, man. But it wasn't even just that. But then they would say, they asked me. They didn't tell me. They said, we want you to go to church. We would like for you. We're not going to make it, but we would like for you to go to church every Sunday. So every Sunday, because of what I saw in them, I said, I was suspicious. I wanted to see more. Like, I never seen Christianity like this. So then he took it to, to, to their church. Faith Community Church. My wife was just like, Faith Community Church. Small church. But man, they, the way they loved each other, the way they cared about each other, they acted like they were all born out of the same womb. And, and I was just so attracted. And I was like, wow, man, I want to be around that. Men will know you are my disciples by the love that we have for what? For one another. I love, see, be careful how you talk about like-minded Christians, other Christians around people who don't know God. Be careful. If you know that person is a Christian, you got a problem with it, how many know that there are ways that we're supposed to deal with our conflict in the church? You need to go to the person. If that don't work, go find another brother and sister. But the last thing you want to do is vent your Christian stuff to folk who don't know God because it's a bad witness. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because men will know you're my disciple. Why? Because they will see your love. They will see how you love each other. How many know that when we walk in love, it's appealing, it's attractive. It draws people. And that love must be demonstrated. I'm not going to read it because we're here for sake of time. But 1 John 3, 16 and 18 talks about how that that, uh, uh, but by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down life for the brother. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue only, but in deed and truth. All right. So how many know love is more than just saying you love me? 
Christians are really good in saying that, right? I love you. But man, it's something about love when it's truly demonstrated. Amen. See, faith without works is dead, right? Love, true love, is demonstrated. Like an old song, y'all, some of y'all, y'all saw y'all should go look it up. That song says uh, you have to have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember that? Gene laughing. Gene remembers that. Walter don't have a clue. But, but the song says you have, a, you have to have a, a J-O-B if you want. In other words, don't just be, it ain't just about you talking about how much you love me. The rent is due. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> Show me that you love me. True love, church, is demonstrated. Are you hearing me this morning? Now let's talk about our love toward unbelievers. This is the biggest one of all. I just said this because Jesus makes some statements here. And I want to, in John chapter 3, 16, uh, I said earlier that Jesus' whole mission was love. He was motivated out of love. God so loved the world. Watch this. How many know the world is broken? Jesus came into a world that wasn't perfect. He came into a world that was overloaded with sin. Watch this. Jesus so loved the world. Let me put it to you in raw terms. The world. Whoremongers, adulterers, thieves, homosexuals, murderers, right? You name them. God so loved them, the world. That's what he's talking about. That, watch this. That he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came embodied love, God, he came to save. The Bible says in verse 17, God did not send his son to condemn the world. So how many know the judgment is coming? But Jesus is here to save. So we got to show forth the love of God. He takes it a step further. And I, and, I, and I said before that God loves everybody. God does love, listen, how many know God loves Republicans? How many believe God loved Democrats? Amen. How many believe God loved Independents? What's the other party? How many believe that God loved the Green Party? Some of you don't know who the Green Party is. It doesn't matter. How many know God loves everybody? God so loved the what? World. So next time you hear Christians say something about they hate somebody because they're political, then you ought to pull that person to the side and say, we need to talk. Because I believe that sometimes people who claim, how do you know that everybody who claim they're a Christian ain't a Christian? <laughs> I've, I just say it. No, Pastor, how can you say that? I'm just saying, everybody who claim to be one ain't one. Amen. And if you're around long enough, you've been walking with them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Because you listen to their conversation, listen to how they talk. And what they say, and what they, it's like, whoa, wow, how can you even justify that? And then you see what they post on Facebook, that would get me, man. And I'm like, and you just sit here last, yesterday, a couple days ago, and talking about how good God is. And, and, how he, and now you're up here just cussing somebody. Seriously? Are y'all getting what I'm saying, church? Amen. Jesus says this, because how many know that he wants us to leave a legacy of love? Matthew 5, verse 44 and 48. I want you to even look at this verse. This is the best verse of the whole book. <laughs> this is, uh, is Grenisha. Happy birthday, Grenisha. Uh, 
This is happy birthday, Ganesha. But this is Ganesha's favorite verse right here. I'm going to put this on you. It's your birthday, so you're going to get picked on. See, your birthday, you get picked on. You get called out because that's love talking to you. Amen. Matthew 5, verse 44 and 40, uh, 48. But Jesus said to them, he, see, now first, before he said this, he said, you have heard it's been said, you know, to, to, uh, to love your friends and hate your enemies. And Jesus come on, he goes, watch. He said, but I say to you. In other words, Jesus taking out, he said, no, I want you to listen to me now. Love is here. Love is talking. Watch. Here it is right here. My, Jeremiah, listen to this right here. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Oh, good God. Watch this. Your political enemies, your workplace enemies, your social network enemies, your sports enemies, your non-Christian enemies, your neighborhood enemies. But I say to you, am I bringing it home for you? Love your enemies. I might have been okay if you left it there, but he don't even stop there. Bless those who curse you. What? Are you nuts? How many of you believe Jesus? He said, bless those who curse you. Or you should have heard. Bless those who curse you. I might have been okay, Walter, if he left it right there. But he didn't. He goes, and do good to those who hate you. Please. I mean, can you see him piling this thing on? He wants you to get this. Because Jesus knows that there's every, every part of somebody who wants a reason to get back. See, our flesh always want to get back. Our old nature always want to strike back. Our old nature, all, I can't let you mistreat me. I can't, I can't, I, I'm going to get you back. You hit me, I'm going to what? That's your old nature, right? Jesus says, I might have been okay when had to left it there, but then he takes a step further. He said, then, I want, then after you do all that, after you bless them, first of all, after you love them, then you give them a blessing. <laughs> and then you do good to the ones that really, really hate you. I'm talking about the one. He said, the ones that really hate you, don't like you at all. They can't stand you. He said, yeah, that one right there. He said, here's what I want you to do. I, I, I want you to also do good to them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make you cough, don't it? And, and what is it? But I, I might have been okay if he left it there. He didn't even leave it there, first lady. He says, and pray for those who spitefully use you. I might have, I might have, though hard, I might have been, I might have been okay with that. But he said, but the one, the one who used you, watch it, and persecute you. Y'all see what Jesus, Jesus trying to drive this thing home. You see, he's, he, he want to make sure that he don't leave no room for you to try to squeeze and wiggle your way out of this one. Because we are all looking for a reason to hate those who do me wrong. We all, Jesus want to make sure, he goes on and on and on. And he says, watch this, that you may be, here it is, that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus says, now, will you act like this? You're my son and my daughter. It's like God saying, add a boy, add a girl. This is, this is the way you do it. He says, watch this. And verse seven, he says, now for he makes his son to rise on the good and on the evil. In other words, this is God's way of saying he loves everybody. On the good, make his son rise on the How many know God is good to unbelievers? I mean, because some of you get mad about it. You see them being blessed. You go to church more than them. You serving God. And here they are, man. They doing a whole lot better than you. And you walking with God, serving God, man. They're chair, everything. And you look at them and say, man, I can God. I'm doing all this. And look at them. Look how they doing. 
How many know God is good to everybody? He makes it rain on the just and because what? He's a good God. Even unbelievers will tell you that. Even people who don't really know God, listen to them all the time. Even they will tell you God is good. And there's some of them who don't even go to church. If you say it, you'll hear them say it back all the time. <laughs> yeah, God is good all the time. Man, I ain't know you go to church. Yeah, but I know God is good. Because people know instinctively. They know instinctively that there's a God and God has blessed them. And they know it in their knower. He said, but God, in verse 46, this is what, now Jesus don't even take, see Jesus, he, he just, man, Jesus is what I call raw. Verse 46. And this gets, this is what getting right here, Edwin. Here it is. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even tax collectors who was the despised and most wretched people nobody liked. He, they do that. In other words, he said, everybody loved people that love them back. <laughs> Everybody treats people, first lady, the way they, if, you know, everybody treat people good, they treat them good. Everybody, who? Everybody does that. So why are you acting like that's something special? He said, no, no, but what makes you different? You remember I had a, a series called High Definition? Christian, you remember I had that series? What makes you high def <laughs> is you love them even when they don't treat you right. Oh, y'all get you love the ones who hate you and the one that talks about you, the one you do opposite. That's what will be a high def Christian. That's what will make you stand out. People say, OK, something is wrong with you. What is it? How are you free like that? But Jesus goes and he said in verse 37 in verse four, he takes it a step further. But if you greet your brother only, what do you more than others? But he says, watch this, but I want you to be perfect, just as your heavenly father is perfect. Oh, 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 y'all say with me, here it is. Here's what Jesus is really saying. He's really saying, Jesus said, you need to be like your father. <laughs> you need to love your enemies. See, because when you love your enemies, you treat people right, you do all these different things, and those who persecute you, harm you, and you bless them, and you don't curse them. He said, when you do all that, he said, now you're imitating your heavenly father. See, now, now, now you, you are identifying with the family of God. I'm acting like my daddy. See, this is what it means to follow Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? This is what it means. Jesus says, be perfect just like your father. Imitate him. Be like him. In fact, there's a, a particular Verse where it says, and uh, I'm going to go to it now. I wasn't going to go to it, but I'm going to go to it now because I got to agree to close this. Um, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And watch this. Walk in love. Y'all see that? Be imitators of who? Snoop Dogg. Beyonce. 50 cents. Adele, come on, name them. Y'all know who they are. Don't try to act like y'all know who these were. Come on, who are they? Uh, come on. He's, he's, he said, be imitators of who? Be imitators of who? Be imitators of God. That's what it says in Ephesians, verses 5, verse 1 and 2. Be imitators of God and walk in love. In other words, see, see when we are imitators of God, then here's what we're doing. We're carrying on a legacy of love. That's all it means. See, to be imitators of God is to be 
is to leave a legacy of love. Because all I'm doing is imitating him. I'm, I'm going to be like him. Jesus said he wants us, want us to follow him. Peter, how many know that the God is not, the Bible says God is not willing that anybody would perish, but all come to a knowledge of the truth. The only reason why that things are still going the way that they are and God is so merciful, because God wants all people to get right. He really does. How many know that God is waiting? You know when Jesus is going to come back? He's going to come back when that last person comes in. We just don't know who that last person is. I really believe that. I really believe that. And so in closing, here, here's, here's what I want you to do. This is, this is a legacy of love sermon. Look at this. In 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Watch this. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Everybody who loves is born of God and knows God. But watch this. He who does not love does not know God. Ain't that something? For God is love. He is. He don't have to act like it. God don't have to work to love. He is love. And we are his children. We are called to imitate him. And thereby, when we imitate him, we too will leave a legacy of love. We're different. Because of what God did for us, we're going to share it. We're going to, we're going to spread it to everybody else. We love each other and we love our enemies. Don't buy into the hype. Don't you allow yourself to get caught up in these factions and you be a Christian. Be different. You can have your political beliefs, but, don't, but your political beliefs should not trump your identity with Christ. Are y'all hearing me? For lack of better words. Christ comes first. Yes, he does. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. In Jesus' name.